I'm Sonia Morton Firth and you are tuned in to the Sonia Morton Firth Show. Today, my guest is Brad Burton. Described as being the number one motivational speaker in the UK, author of four books and founder of Four Networking, Brad started out living on a council estate in Salford. But all that changed in a moment when bullets came through his bedroom window. Watch this interview as Brad drops some real war knowledge bombs for anybody thinking about leaving their job and what it means to be truly successful. It's not what you think. Brad Burton, first of all, welcome to my home. I'm not sure if I ever thought the day would come and I know we spoke earlier, but you really had a massive impact on my life. So I Get just out like, of it. Yeah, you did. You I bet did. you say that's to all the motivational speakers <laughs> from Manchester. Well, let me tell you a little story Go. just before I, I get into you. So I listened to you um, on Jamie Alderton's podcast, mm. Mindset with Muscle. And I was listening to Jamie because I, um, I was competing at the time. Right. This was back in 2016. Yeah. And I'd just gone back into corporate life for my second time. And I was getting on those tubes at Canary Wharf, <laughs> literally London Bridge, right. Canary Wharf. I had you and Jamie in my ears. And I was looking at this stream right. of people all dressed the same in their suits mm. clambering into this tube like this like they had no life Get it? and i just thought what the hell are they doing mm. what what am i doing I what's it all for and i could just hear your voice in my in my ears saying if you're going to work for the man mm. really think about it you know when you think about that i always say one sentence that changed your life don't mean a prison sentence, but one sentence that changed your life. For me, I had a sentence which is, this isn't how this story ends. I've had that. That actually rings through my, my ears or um, things like, get off your ass or should you job up your ass. These kind of sentences have been pivotal in my life and it's amazing. Like Something like that can change an entire life and hopefully today we'll have a load of sentences that help change other people's lives as well. And it was fantastic. And from that moment, I knew my time was, I was out and I planned my escape route. And it really? literally was that. And I knew that one day I'd set up a show like this and I'd give people like you, people that have got things to say to people, <laughs> to get messages out yeah. and, and change the way people think. Because really, that's that's what it took for and me. That I is what, changing the way that, I thought. It's about, that's what I've done. So I'm still the same guy that I once was going back and we'll get to it, I'm sure. But I'm still the same guy that I once was, but I'm not, I'm different. And the only thing that's changed is this, but we will get to it. So tell me, Brad, mm. what made you literally walk out of your job all of those years ago? So it was 2004. I was actually um, working over in London on the A13, a security company, a big security company that does these uh, alarms for some of the banks. So, you know, proper million pound fit on something like that. And they asked me, the directors asked me to do a business plan, uh, a marketing plan, so to say. I produced this marketing plan, took me three days, and I went to sit down with the directors. And every single idea that I filled to them, they said, nah, no, we tried that in 79, that won't work, that won't work. And I went through my list and I went, what the fuck? Have I just wasted my life and your life on this? I said, you know what, shove your job up your ass, and I walked out. Did you literally say yeah. those words yeah, to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, just while we're at it, swear jar. <laughs> I, I thought I thought I'd make myself a millionaire by the end because you are known for your swear jar. I am known. I've got a genuine swear jar. Brilliant. Okay. But but yeah, so I walked I walked out of that job and it was a wonderful, liberating experience. It really was for those three hours whilst I drove home. I'm married, and uh, whenever I arrived home, I've opened the door and standing before me was eight and a half stone of common sense. She says to me, the wife, you're home really, yeah. You're here to look after baby Ben while I go shopping. That's one way to look at it. And she was furious, like absolutely furious. Um, tears, you're going to ruin this family and your insistence on starting a business off. All that sort of stuff. It was it was dark. Did you have a game plan when you, when no. you said those words? Did you no. think? But what I did realise is that I was getting no younger. And I was like 30, 31 or whatever. And I'm just thinking, you know, is this what my life's about? And I think what we end up thinking is that we're on rails that somewhere along the way we're on rails that our life is preordained to be this and it's not. You can change your life and the way you change your life is by changing your thinking, which is exactly what I did. But a lot of people would say you took a big risk doing that. I mean, when, when I did it, I sort of had a, had a plan. Mm. But you literally risked, you took that risk. What's the risk? The risk is, if it doesn't work out, right, let me ask you this. Have you ever, met, and genuine question, um, have you ever met a self-employed person that's starved to death? 
No, because I wouldn't know if it's done. No, 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 but no, but no, right, right. no so, I haven't. So what ends up happening? The worst case scenario is you know you struggle a little bit, mm. and you go and get a job, which is exactly the same point where you started from. So think about it. You know, we all want to have better lives, and what we end up doing, we end up stuck. You can't go left and right at the same time. I want security, um, but I want to be self-employed. I you know I want to leave Brexit, but what are the benefits? Uh, I want to be young, free, and single, but I want to be married. And, and, oh, and, I know that one. <laughs> okay, right. No, but the point I'm making is you get stuck. And this is why we get stuck in our lives, because we want to go left, we want to go right. So you need to 100% commit to something. Uh, and I always say, if you can live with the downside of any decision, you should go for it. I think the downside for me mm -hmm. was worse. The downside for me was, I always think back to this, is if I'm laying on my deathbed mm. with regrets, mm. And I knew when I left my corporate job, I'd regret it if I stayed in. Right. A day later, I knew I, I had to do it. So if you think about it, when I walked out of a job, £25,000 in debt, no income, newborn boy, baby Ben, mortgage to pay. And, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was tough. It was tough, but I never once starved to death. And I'll tell you the thing is, is by taking away the safety net, it gets real. When you've got savings, you've got a bit of redundancy pay, it isn't real. Because all that ends up happening is people... People's enthusiasm kind of falls away at the same rate as the, uh, as the savings do. So by having no savings, I had to hit the ground running. So basically, and I know you've spoke, spoken about this, mm. but no plan B. Yeah, no plan B. I think if you've got a plan B, you don't believe in your plan A. And, mm. and I mean that sincerely. So if somebody goes, well, you know, I'm 90% there with it. When you go to sell your products and services, the person opposite you needs to be 100% committed. If they're not 100% committed, they ain't buying. It's back to the old Napoleon Hill book where he burns cool. his bridges. Okay, same principle. Hey, to get back, he doesn't yeah. want to be, he's there on the island fighting, he burns his bridges so he can't well, turn back. Listen, it's like, that is exactly what I've done every step of the way. Every, and more recently as well with the COVID situation, but we'll get to that as well. So there are probably people, well, I'm hope cool. there, are, there are people watching this. Let me get some money out for the but, swear jar. Oh, yeah. Out, are you going to put a few in, no, in, no. in advance? There you go. I'll, I'll put a tenner in there, all right? There you go. I'm going to be a millionaire by the end of this. That's <laughs> um, so there are people that are watching this and mm. they've probably been in lockdown. And I'm sure they're reassessing their lives. Totally. That's one thing that I think COVID has mm, shown mm, us mm. all. What would you say to them if they're sitting there thinking, I'm dying to give, you know, I'd love just to start my own business right now and give up. If, my... if you don't change, what's going to change, right? So, you know, effectively, I've never once, and I was waiting for 30, 31 years, for someone to ring my doorbell. I'll ask you, has anyone ever rang your doorbell? You open the door and there's a big hold off full of 50 pound notes, an opportunity. <laughs> no, no, because it doesn't happen. It no, but this is the thing, but this is what people are doing. People are waiting for some of this yeah. opportunity. Look, the reality is, I'm Brad Burton, I'm the guy who was, you know, has been addicted to drugs twice, I got shot at when I was 21, my dad left when I was six months old, I've uh, got no qualifications, I've done four years on benefits, sorry, wrong Brad Burton, I'm actually Brad Burton, the UK's number one motivational business speaker, the four-time best-selling author, the founder of Four Networking, see, two sides of the exactly the same coin. And at what point did your life change? At the point when I realised that, you know what, that shit in the past, that's two quid now, that shit in the past, three quid, right? <laughs> is in the past. But what people end up doing is they end up almost like replaying over and over again. What I want you to do right now is I want you to rewind. You rewind to a time in your life when you'd have made a different decision, your life would have been fundamentally different. Don't tell us, right? But have a think about it, mm -hmm. right? Whether it was a job, an opportunity, a fella, uh, a situation, what, uh, all right, again. Yeah. Right? But you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, of course. But you see what I'm saying? The reality is there will be one set of circumstances where if you'd have made a different decision, your life would have been fundamentally different. We can't fucking rewind. And what ends up happening is people try going back over and over again. Oh, if only was, if I never got divorced, if I never got ripped off. Well, you did get divorced, you did get ripped off, it's over. And i tell you something, you're never going to write new chapters in your book whilst you keep rereading re the old ones. And that's what happened with me. Because I realised that when my life changed, is that all this stuff where I was kind of embarrassed and I didn't want people to know about, this was holding me back. It's like a pebble in a shoe. A pebble in a shoe doesn't magic its way out. At some point, you've got to stop, take your shoe off, get rid of the pebble and fucking move on. And that's what I did with my life. I recognised all these things. You know, you ever played a role-playing game? Not like that. You ever played, you ever played a role-playing game <laughs> like Dungeons like, and Dragons? Going to say, I, I, have, I do know Dungeons right, and Dragons, okay. but I've never so, played So it. Dungeons and Dragons are a, are a computer game, right? A level one wizard starts off and they've got two magic missiles. And when they've used the magic missiles, all the power is expended and they've got to use mana or sleep to get their energy back. 
A level 20 wizard can summon dragons, it can do flames and fireballs. What's the difference between a level 1 wizard and a level 20 wizard battles? And actually, every time that you have a battle, you get experience, and that experience makes you stronger. Where people go wrong, and you find people who are always in a bad place, people who, oh, I'm always unlucky me, those people have battles and they don't learn from them. They don't evolve. They don't level up. And what I've realized is all the stuff that I've been through, look, let me be quite clear, I'm a Salford Street kid, right? That's the reality of it. But somewhere along the way, that skills have actually developed and moved into a different area, right? And you'll never outperform your self-image. So if your self-image is, I'm a working class lad who's never going to amount to anything, guess what? You'll always be a working class lad that'll never amount to anything. You know, a shark will grow to eight inches in a fish tank, it'll go to eight foot. Have you changed your self-image? Oh, completely. As in, as in, completely. in here or not? Oh, completely. Like, it's almost been reprogrammed. I've gone like I put a USB cable in there and said, wipe that, go again. So now, in my mind's eye, I'm a level 20 motivational speaker and an entrepreneur. When I first started my business, I was a level one street kid from Salford. But didn't your background give you that? Because you've got a lot of fire and passion mm. and when you talk, you can, you can hear it coming out. Don't you think that came from, some of it came from your background? 100%, and... Yeah, 100%. And I wouldn't change a single thing. You know, I know I look like a drug dealer. I'm not, by the way, anymore. Anymore. <laughs> but we can all change. But this is the thing, you know, when I speak, so I was at ZeroCon, 3,000 people, accountants. And this is the thing about it. As a motivational speaker, you know, every step of the way, people said to me, oh, you can't start a business off. You've got no working capital. What the fuck is working capital? Oh, you mean money, right? Why do people make business more complicated than it actually is? I started my business off £25,000 in debt, delivering pizzas at 31 to keep my business afloat, right? So when you see on The Apprentice, I'll do anything no sugar for the job. Would you deliver pizzas for three months? Well, no. Right, well, in which case, what would you do? And this is the difference. Someone like me, who's lived on Tesco's Beans and Waffles and above a Masonette, above a Chipper, right, and lived there, I started with nothing anyway. I had fuck all to lose. So the difference between me now is fundamentally the way that I look at the world. I look at the world differently because I used to look at it dark and foreboding. Let me tell you what happened. I talked before about rewinding, rewinding to a time. Back in 1995, I got shot at in Manchester. And I moved away overnight. And I moved from Manchester, my home of 21 years. I moved, literally got a pin in a map. Boom. So you didn't know where you were going after no that? No idea. So if, okay, I'm going to put two bullets through your window. Not me personally, but associates. I'm going to put two bullets, right? Now, I know that story gets talked about in one of your books. Yeah, yeah. Which book Chapter is it? Two. Chapter, Chapter two. Chapter two of uh, Get Off Your Arse. Two. two, Get Off Your Arse. Two. Two. So if I said to you, two bullets go through your window, you have to move away now to a place that nobody knows you, where would you go? Don't answer. But the point I'm making, that's the decision you've got to make now. I think I'd have to leave the country. Okay, very <laughs> nice. Yeah, true story, exactly. on this show. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying, though? The point is that you have to move. I had to move. So I got up in, boom, I ended up in Western Superman. I think my life would have been different if I'd have gone one inch one way or so forth, right? My life has been drawn by a pin. Completely, I would not be here now. And There'd be no you, I mean, did you know what you were doing in Western Superman? Getting away from the danger of being shot at. But did you know anyone there? No. Did you have any no. sort of family no. or...? No. So I had to start again. I remember walking down Western Superman High Street. I was on the dole on benefits. So what was this? 25, 1995, 96. And I remember walking down Western Superman High Street and I kicked a can and I had no one to kick that can back. And I can remember that like a boomerang on Instagram, like three seconds, blah, 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 blah. And actually, it was like, I was alone. And I ended up going to the doctors and getting fluxetine, Prozac, and I was depressed. And I look back now, all those years on, I say, what was going on there? What's the difference between Brad now now and Brad then and whilst I was depressed you know why it was because I wanted to go back to a place and a time in my life that no longer existed I wanted to go back to Manchester before all the troubles to be friends to being 21 22 whatever it was I wanted to go back to that it no longer existed now this is a problem because what happens now when we come to COVID lots of people are wanting to go back to a place I've done that journey mm -hmm. I know that is bollocks that you can't go back to a place that no longer exists a time now, when you go through any kind of upheaval in your life, you go through a grieving process, and we look at COVID as being a great example of lockdown, okay? First things first, denial. Oh, it'll be two weeks, we'll be locked down, three weeks. Then, oh, I remember that, right? yeah. Right, of course, right? <laughs> it was crazy. And then we're going to get, then we get angry. Come on, Rishi Sunak. Come on, Boris Johnson, you need to sort this out. And then what happens from the, from the, 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 the denial, anger, then we get depressed. And then from the depression, we get acceptance. People, whatever the fuck is going on in your life right now, Get to acceptance because at some point you're going to have to get there. Acceptance that you got striped up. Acceptance that you lost your job. Acceptance that you got pregnant. Acceptance that somebody cheated on you. Acceptance that you got a divorce. The sooner you can get to that, you've got to get there at some point. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's a bit like drowning with a pair of gold bars. So many people are holding on to these. You go, why are you holding on to these things? Well, you know, I, but why? Why don't you let go of them? You're going to have to let go of them at some point. And I think some people quite is like to quick, feel... Is there a quick way to get to that acceptance? Yes, yes. And we're going to get to it. Over the course of this, we're going to get to this. Because a lot of people are, and I know we've got there quickly, mm. but a lot of people are suffering with mental health issues through this mate, COVID. Mate, mate, mate. 16 weeks ago, I had a burnout. Let me explain something. So my business, uh, £100,000 plus a month, um, 5,000 business networking meetings, thousands of members, been going since uh, 2006. Now, bear in mind, statistically, 94% um, of businesses fail in the first 10 years. Okay, I've been going for 14 and a half years. COVID comes along, LBC, start hearing about it. I've played enough computer games in my life to know that without a vaccine, it's getting to us. That's the reality of it. So I'm kind of preparing for it, right? Uh, and then what ends up happening is COVID lands and effectively, my revenues go from 100 grand plus to zero overnight. Yeah, is literally. it all based on face-to-face? -face? Correct. Gone. Gone. Now, here's the thing. I've got a friend of mine who's an SES man, and he says to me, or taught me something, which is you cannot delegate responsibility. Think about it. It would be lovely to go and get somebody in management team to go and fix your problems. You can't. In your life, you've got shit going on, oh, go and get something to, down to you. So they shared a fan with my business. And I got a piece of paper, I swear to you, that's in my office, I've got a piece of paper, and I wrote on it at the top, what does this make possible, dot, dot, dot. And I got a blank piece of paper and I draw a new business model out to take my network for networking online. And within 72 hours, I rang up my, my creative designer, the web film people, production company, and I said to him, I said, listen, I'm launching in 72 hours. He said, well, you know, what, you want us to do a video in 72 hours? I said, no, I want you to do one in nine fucking hours. You've got nine hours to get it done. Click, boom. And I beasted my team, like genuinely. And mm -hmm. the best way to describe it is it was almost like running down the stairs of the Twin Towers. You know, we're tired, I'm tired. I said, I know you're fucking tired. Keep going. We've Why got did no you option. need to do it that quickly? What was, what was it in you that said? <clears throat> survival mode, the... survival mode. So, you know, you and I are talking now, and no matter how great your question is, how wonderful this is, somebody come, runs at us with a knife, we ain't finishing this conversation up anymore. Probably not, no. Right, so all of a sudden, we've gone from entrepreneurial mode to survival mode. So this is the ability of someone like me, as we talked about, coming from Salford, Manchester, who dealt with this. See, if somebody's got like problems at the moment, oh yeah, I've got my mortgage going out in three days' time, and on a scale of one to 10, what's your problem level? Oh, it's a nine. Hmm. If I go put two bullets through your window and put a contract on your head, where's your nine now? Yeah, exactly. But people deal with stress in so many different ways. What one person's stress is, is somebody's excitement. True story. Life. Absolutely. And let me explain something. You know, my next book, it hopefully will be out in May. It'll be a four or five years since that one. So the title, the working title, Deadline. is called uh, The Really Big Problem. Okay? The Really Big Problem. And you go, well, what's that about? Like? Okay. So an ant doesn't realise it's small until it comes across a human. Got it. Right? So an yeah, answer yeah, is yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, so your yeah. problem that you've got, oh my God, it's massive. When you come across a really big problem, your problem is now smaller. smaller. And vice versa, and it continues to go. Mm. And the big problem that we've all got is we're all going to die. Right? So on the scale of where, do you see? Yeah. So, so you go, okay, so no matter what you've got to deal with, and this is the bit, I think it's when you look at a recalibration of your problems. And what I'm writing in the book is to uh, get a piece of paper and write on there your problem that you're dealing with at the moment, your big problem. And then what I want you to do is write above it how things could be worse, <laughs> right? And all of a sudden you go, oh, recalibration. And once you can do that, you can look at the world, you know as well as I do, some days you wake up, you've got a face like a slapped ass, you're not enjoying life and life shit. Go to bed, wake up, and everything's great. It Nothing's is, because it doesn't last. Right, nothing, mm, but it does, because if it's someone like me, right, what I do is I've got that day one enthusiasm. Every single day I reset, right, which is great. You know when you go for a first date and you're on your best behaviour, right, that, okay? Or you go for a job and interview, oh, lovely to meet you, everything's great. And then six months later, oh, what's that fucking prick he is, right? It's a seven quid, right? But, you know, the reality is, is that it's about recalibration. I have that day one enthusiasm every single time. I have that ability to go, you know what, genuinely, wipe the day, control or delete, it's time to go How again. How do you do it? I think it's been conditioned, but actually realising that, you know, motivational speakers, it sounds like a trivialism, oh yeah, it's a choice. It kind of is. Do, do you sort of get out of bed and, um, and, and sort of do no. your affirmations no, no, and no. go, thank no, you for this no, amazing no, no, day? No, 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 none of that. 
no dream boards, no court boards, none of that. Oh, you see, I've got mine somewhere. You know, you've got one in here all the time. It's always, it's yeah. always look, the reality is, is that always ask yourself a question. What does this make possible? Right? So you look at the worst day of my life, 25 years ago. If it wasn't for the worst day of my mm. life. Yeah, you wouldn't be where. I had the greatest thing that ever happened. I almost owe the gunman a pint. Like, think about that logically. Yeah. Let me just yeah. rewind and we go, we, go, we go even further back. If it wasn't for Hitler and all the shit that he did, my granddad came over from America, a black um, soldier, GI, true story, right? He gave me a granny, Yankee Doodle Dandy, and some bananas, and then fucked off back to Virginia. True story. Wow. Yeah. So if it wasn't for World War II and everyone, I wouldn't be here now as well. So you see what I'm saying? Everything like it's all Yeah, 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 completely. Weird. So there'd be none of this. What would you be doing right now? What would Ben be doing if it wasn't for him? He wouldn't be getting his car cleaned outside, <laughs> would it? Sorry, Ben, you can edit that out. But the point I'm making, right, is that everything happens for a reason, mm. even yeah, the shitty stuff You wouldn't be sitting here if I hadn't listened to you maybe that day. Of, and you because might actually still be... I, wouldn't, I might not have given up my job. I might still be working for the man. Well, I don't think I'll All right, but you see bit. what I'm saying? Your yeah. life would have been fundamentally different. And that is all as a result of something that happened in 1945 that actually, let's be clear, if my granddad and my grand never had the woo woo that day, or that time, or 10 seconds later, or this is what I'm trying to say. Everything happens for a reason, right? Everything happens for a reason. And the really big problem is that ultimately, whatever your big problem you've got isn't really a big problem. And once you get your head around that and go, what does this make possible? You know, we're the lucky ones because I see people going, oh, yeah, COVID, really business. Shut the fuck up. There's someone right now in a nightingale ward on a ventilator yeah. that would bite your fucking hand off to be where you are. So don't you dare start whinging that you've not got any money. Or da -da 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 -da. It's pointless. Do you ever look at it the other way, like that you've got, I mean, things to be grateful for? Because oh, that's the one long. thing that really helps me. If Get I'm out. in a dark patch, it's like, Shut look what's outside. Oh, beautiful view, beautiful. Mate. Walking along the river. Serious. I just go out for a walk. It's like... All day long. Absolutely I'm, I'm so, I'm so grateful for what i've achieved and what i mean by that is that i've achieved it this is the thing when it comes to when it comes to life where you end up in your life is a direct result of your decisions it would be lovely to when your life shit to go and blame a divorce or go and blame your dad locking you in a cold shed when you were seven right <laughs> right your mum that chased yeah, you around with right, a wooden slipper yeah, yeah. that's the reason that i'm a fuck up now i'm 40 yeah. years on no it's not the reason you're a fuck up because you like doing cocaine or the reason you fuck up is because you like it's down to you so when it comes to life, and I said this one, you, you can't go left and right at the same time. That's why people end up stuck. And when it comes to making decisions, where you end up in your life is a direct result of your decisions. Now, you would make more decisions in your life if you knew they were the correct ones. Everyone would, right? Yeah. The reason we don't is we're scared they're the wrong ones. Now, let me be really honest. Nobody knows about the future, right? No one's got a clue. Because I won't go back to 2020 January. Did anyone have on their business? <laughs> no. Absolutely right. not. I still don't think it's true. I still right. wake up thinking, shit, did that really happen? Well, that's happen? the point. So you think to yourself, you think all these clever people in business, where was that on the business plan? It didn't. Life can change like that. So when it comes to making decisions, here's the thing. I have spoke over two and a half thousand times in public, right? Two and a half thousand, literally, right? Over the last 15 years, public speaking. Now, I've died so many times as a speaker, like died, and we can get to some great stories. I, I'm about dying that. to. Oh, really you on you. Like died, like died, horrible. We'll get to it. And, and actually, what makes an expert in any kind of field, when you first started this, you wouldn't have known how to put your microphone on. First time, you've got no idea, right? You don't know what you don't know. But what makes an expert? An expert is someone that has made all the mistakes in a particular niche field. So when it comes to book writing, I made them all. When it comes to networking, made them all. When it comes to public speaking, made them all. Marriage, made them all, right? And if you learn, go back to what I said, level one wizard, level 20. You learn, keep learning from your mistakes rather than But if you don't hard. learn from your mistakes, that's why people end up in bad places because they keep going around. And what ends up happening, you have your sale up, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't really want to do what it takes. So therefore your anchor's down. So you go round and round and round. So how do you break the pattern? Because I, I agree, loads of people mm. are in that, stuck in that pattern, okay. or they keep telling themselves. I mean, one, one thing that I could, could could keep telling myself is I'm shit at relationships. Mm. Boom, 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 before I know it, I'm shit at relationships. Yeah. So what is the pattern? I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna, so I'm going to tell you, here's the situation with this whole caper. When it comes to making decisions, where we end up in our life is a direct result of our decisions. The more decisions that you can make in your life correctly, the further on you're going to get in your life. Think about it. Two horses run at the start. Mm, mm. So some of these, and some of these people, uh, I like to take a little bit of time over my decisions. There is no uh, correlation between time spent on a decision and a decision being correct. 
So if you accept that that's the case and it's true, yeah. right? So someone like me moves fast. I make a decision. I'm the easiest person in the world to sell to. When your guys rang my, my up and said, does he want to do it? I made a decision straight away. 24 seconds, I'll make a decision. If I can't make a decision in 24 seconds, I'll revisit in 24 minutes. If after 24 minutes, I can't make a decision, I'll revisit in 24 hours. If after 24 hours, I can't make a decision, I've just made a fucking decision, it's done. Next, move on. Oh, I like that. 24, 24, 24. 24. So this, in fact, you know, I'll tell you who uses this. Bentley Global. And the reason that Bentley Global use it is I taught it them. Me, Brad Burton, the former drug addict, the guy who got shot. Sorry, <laughs> Brad Burton, the UK's number one motivational business speaker and so forth. See, this is the thing. You think about someone like a big global business. Why would they take advice from me, their senior management team, from a guy who looks like a drug dealer? And this is the thing, the world has changed. So many people said to me, I can't possibly start a business off. I can't write a book. You've got no qualifications. I can't. Qualifications are just made up. Anyone, yeah, who, anyone who's watching this I right now. I don't trust people in suits. True. I, I, I mean, that's no, no, a big generalisation. But you're all right. You know, you're yeah, right. well, I'm the, you're salt of the earth. But the thing is, you look at that whole thing with um, when it comes to making decisions. I am like super fast. So the shit at the fan, COVID's coming. My thing is being locked down. I moved on it there and then. Guys, we're taking it online now. Yeah, but what shouldn't we wait to see what happens? When this is all over, there's going to be a column. And on that column, there's going to be winners and losers. Those people that wait to see what happens are going to be the ones who turn around and say, see, Rishi Sunak's the reason that my business failed. No, the reason your business failed is because you didn't act because you wanted a bailout. Once you realise that the bailout isn't fucking coming, get on with it. And if you make those decisions, like you said, there's a right decision and a wrong decision, what happens if you make the wrong decision? So, make the wrong decision, it moves you one step towards being an expert. Make it right, it moves you one step towards success. You can't fail. Oh, like so it. when it comes to me making, look, there's no one in the UK that's had more 10-minute conversations because of the nature of my network. Networking right? We have three 10-minute one-to-ones, I pioneered that. Three 10-minute one-to-ones in group time. I have met people from all walks of life. My ability to be able to get to a problem. You give me any problem and I will get to it within like a second. I will give you a solution. Whatever, I mean, we can do it on camera, but whatever yeah. shit is holding you back you. right now. Right, right, exactly. You're all nice. Exactly. <laughs> right, I'm going to need some more money. Yeah. Ben, you can't nip out and get me a cash yeah. point, But the point I'm making is we end up in our lives unwilling to make a decision because we're scared it's the wrong one. The only time you know whether it's the wrong one is after the event. Because a mistake is a mistake after the event. Up until that point, it's the correct decision. So what you're saying is by procrastinating, just about getting that out, by procrastinating on a decision, you're just not taking action. You're not doing anything. It's better to make the wrong decision than... As long as you learn. As long as you learn. If you've got all your data for a decision and you're not going to get any more, what ends up happening is the longer that you run, the weaker you become. Think about that. The longer you run from a decision, the weaker you become. I'm going to leave that bastard. I'm going to leave that job on Monday. Sunday night comes, oh, then the next round of redundancies, I'm probably just going to stick there. And then six months later, you're still in a shit job, still going nice on YouTube. Right, right, exactly. Off, yeah. And you end up in this constant cycle. Look, last time I checked, none of us are getting any younger, right? We're all getting older. Since we started now, we're about 47 minutes older. Don't say that. Mate. But listen, when you're my age, you're just going to be like, no, no, no I no, can't no. get much I am your age, <laughs> anyway. But the point I'm making is that we don't, this is it, this is life. But we're almost waiting for someone to make our lives right. The only one that can make our lives right is me, is, is us. Think about it. Go back to me, right? Four books, uh, four networking, four books, personal development, motivational speaker, or Brad Burton, the thing. What changed? And it's this. When you realize that no one is going to save you, no one's going to save you, no one's going to save you, no one's going to save you. It is down to you. So where you end up in your life is a direct result of your decisions. Just talking about that. So you have been described as... You, you were described as the Northern Tony Robbins mm. back in the day. Mm. Uh, and I'm really interested in that. I used to run um, yeah. a personal growth community that was based on t on Tony Robbins. Mm. He was sort of the impetus of that. Um, I love the Northern bit because I'm from up north yeah. as well. In fact, Where are you from? Where are you from? You're a southerner to me. Where are you from? I'm from Newcastle. I'm a Geordie. Oh, okay. My favourite city, by the way, Newcastle. Oh, I love Newcastle. Mm. Haven't been there for a while. Mm. I was there in, Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to go home for Christmas. Amazing. I'll be home for Christmas. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm a northerner. And right. someone just... Anyway, but someone said, you're a northern Tony Robbins. It was there. It was Theopathetus. How does that make... Well, first of all, how did that make you feel? So, what, back in the day, know? I used to think that was cool. Right now, you know, I, I'm my own boss. I actually, you know, I've never been to a Tony Robbins event, not once in my life. Um, and actually, I do things my way, but I thought I was wonderfully, you know, enamoring back in the day. But I am doing it my way. I'm doing everything my way. And I'd never copy anyone. And I was, one of the things that I always said, it's in one of my books, you will never be the market leader copying the market leader. 
and actually, I do things my way. There's a lot of people that have copied you since. Oh, but once again, they just look foolish. And what I mean by that is that, you know, somebody wearing jeans, trainers and T-shirt and, 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 and I'm breathing in like I am now. Um, you know, listen, I'll tell you the truth of everything. Uh, no, I'm honest. <laughs> um, but listen, you know, the reality is, is that uh, you'll never be the market leader copying the market leader. Just, you know, there's a lot of people out there using words that I'd never used in my life, abundance, never used in my life, like genuine, not once in my life and, uh, you know, authentic. I've never used that word in my life other than to describe that I've never used it. <laughs> I love it. the fact that you're saying those two words. Because no, everyone uses them now. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's become sort of a... Synonymous with just bullshit. Yeah. And uh, the whole personal um, development industry is a scam. That's the reality. So let, let's talk about that for one moment. So let me explain. Because, because I'm interested. Yeah, yeah. And as I say, I've got a lot of people out there <clears throat> yeah, yeah. that are friends, yeah, coaches, get it. this, get it. that, the yeah, other. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I'm, I'm interested in your so, 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 so they say to you, take massive action. And the reason they say take massive action is so that you think, fuck me, all the problems I've got, I need to run to the back and go and pay 10 grand for a course. Let me tell you something. There is no correlation between price paid and quality of output. That's the reality of it. Because you change your life as a result of one sentence. Now, I could wrap it all up, uh, listen to the, the podcast, you change your decisions. But one of the things I've realized is that when I've come into these spaces, Right, whether it was for networking, changed the entire landscape of what business networking is, book writing, I've changed motivational speaking, changed it all. I've done the same with the personal development world, right? Is that I've started my own personal development group off and I've done it so cheap that people say, What's wrong with it? And I'm proving the point that just because something's expensive, there's not correlation. Well, why do you think it's 10 grand? Because it works. Oh, all right then. Yeah, and you see people, you know, when I'm connected to thousands of people through my network, thousands over the last 15 years. I've seen people spend their life savings on these bullshit courses, £60,000 being frittered away to line the shiny man's pockets with a nice expensive suit. It's all kind of wrong. And I'll tell you something, mm. the problem with selling yourself out for money is that selling out lasts forever and the money doesn't. You go and Google my name, Brad Burton Scam, and see how many records come up. I've either got good lawyers or I'm not a scammer. That's the difference. And then you go and type your favorite uh, guru or motivational speaker, type their name and scam, and then see what happens. You know, it's an, it's an opinion. I'm entitled to one. We all are. So you had no one that sort of inspired you when no. you were back then? Or no. I read, I, read, like... I, read, I, read, I read Awaken the Giant within 1992. I got a third of the way through it, and I went, well, this is now starting to waffle to fill the pages. But So, so there's that. But there's also a book called um, 23 Steps to Achievement by Robert J. Lumsden. And when the shit hit the fan back in 95 for me, I had it with a, a copy of it. It's like literally like 60 pages with no front cover. The front cover's missing, it was. And that kept me going and I tried to get hold of the guy. I got a, a private detective. What's it about? It's like a 1978 motivational speaker, but like, you know, you, you, but it was a little bit 1978. Your wife should have your food prepared for five o'clock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, listen, it wouldn't end well for them. But I, I tried to contact him um, and uh, he's gone. But you think about that guy kept me going when I had nothing. And I realized that hope, if that's all you've got in life sometime, it's enough. And that's all I had. I like literally came to Western Sydney with a bin liner, literally a bin liner full of clothes. That was it. And, you know, and I look at my life now and as a result of that, and I remember how I feel. I remember I felt so my, my inspiration was me not wanting to be this guy. I have always, you know, when I was good, sorry, when I was young, I always had charisma. I was good at chatting women up. That's what I was good at, right? That's the reality of it. I mean, you know, what a great life skill. Not so good when you're married and you've got children. But <laughs> back in the day, it was a great life skill. And actually, obviously, somewhere along the way, I was always a good communicator. I was always confident communicator. Whether... Where did you get your confidence from? Because you are oh, incredibly yeah, confident. But you're see, always... People say the most confident people, people have said this to me, right. that can be the most insecure inside. So, two things here. One, I had a friend of mine back in 2000. Uh, I was working for a company. And uh, he was... Uh, He's a big lad, big northern lad, tattoos on his hand, but he's a millionaire, right? And he, um, he run a publishing business, legit publishing business, and he brought me on uh, to work with him. And I, we used to go to these top London nightclubs or whatever, the private members club, so whole house, I don't even know. No, I don't my even dad know. used to go. Dad. Right. Sorry, Dad. So, so, you know, and he'd spend £2,000 a night on, like, like, drinks and stuff, and I'm skint. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. He brought me to that world. And he, he said to me, he said, you do realise um, you're like a, a brag grenade. I said, go on. He said, why do you think, pissed? He said, why do you think I employed you? I said, I've got no idea. He said, because what I do is I bring you to environments like this. And you're like a brag grenade. All these squares just lighten up and start talking when you're around. You bring people together. Wow. He went, you don't realise what a complete nut job you come across as, Brad. 
I went, what are you on about? He said, you've got no idea. I said, I've got no idea what you're talking about. So it's a bit like saying to a fish, what's the water like? And the fish says, what fucking water? I had no idea that was this guy. No, until that point, so what was that? 2000, so 27 it was. I had no idea that was this guy. I was just that guy. Um, and actually, where did it come from? My dad was double charismatic. He was a villain, he's dead now, right? But he was, he was, he was a, a villain um, involved in criminality and stuff. And my mum, wonderfully working class, um, you know, grafter. So I think my dad was always that guy. But um, yeah, when it comes to like, you know, I, I'm, I'm always enthusiastic about anything. I get so excited about anything. You know, that's the reality of it. And it's, it's just something that I carry. And people say, and I've had this numerous times, people say this, oh, you're, 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 um, you've got infectious enthusiasm. Yeah. Like that comes back, you've got yeah. infectious enthusiasm. I don't know. But I'm guessing the same way you've got infected, because let's face it, everybody that loves you, for everyone that loves you, the small yeah, that course. hates you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and do you get that? Do you get a lot of people, hate, haters as so, they call so, them, which I, I hate, I, so, I don't like the word anyway. So, so let, let me explain, there's a really funny one this. I think it's all part of it. And what I mean by that is that where you end up in your career is your ability to be able to soak up blows. Remember what I said before about the level one wizard. Mm. <clears throat> a level one wizard can't have any kind of fight of any significance, but as long as you're a level 20, something that was once a challenge, getting fought by a couple of orcs, Dungeons and Dragons, right? Uh, you know, now it's like, pfft, so it just bounces off your head. Once you've, if after somebody's done their worst, you're still standing, everything that follows is, is just bounces off your head. So what I would say about the haters thing, and I've got it, um, I mean, they follow me around the internet, she'd love that. You know, you think, I had some guy come up to me and said, well, your style's not for everyone. Well, I said, name, right. name one person in the history of humanity whose style is for everyone. And I said, you know, you could be Mahatma Gandhi, mm. and someone would want to put a bullet in your head for your views on world mm. peace. So people that like me would say, um, I'm, I'm generous, I'm enthusiastic, I'm helpful, I'm kind, I'm loving, I'm, I'm friendly, whatever. People who don't like me would say, I'm aggressive, they would say, I'm unprofessional, I'm saying this, that, and Two sides of the same coin, the only way that I'm ever gonna get anyone that doesn't like me to like me is by getting rid of everything that people do. And so many people, this is what goes on in life, is what we're all trying to get is happy. But what ends up happening is people end up changing who they are to fit in. So then you go into an office environment that you're full of confidence and you start seeing that actually you've got the mean girls there. Now you start simmering down and you do a vanilla version of yourself. And consequently, the other people are doing a vanilla version of themselves. And this is why this whole world, 98% of people oh end up in this. I was somebody completely different in the office. Completely, I couldn't be me. Um, I literally could not be me. It was a man's world mm. for a start. Mm. Um, so a woman in a man's world, it, it's tough. I had to, you either had to be aggressive, yeah, yeah. Break, um, yeah. horrible, yeah, yeah. all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I became. Mm. And I look back at that person now and think, that wasn't me. Right. I wasn't allowed to dress the way wow, I wanted to dress. Wow. I mean, this would be way too sexy. Mm, it's sexy. Mm, mm, you couldn't show your femininity. I've not noticed that. I've not noticed that. I don't want to talk <laughs> yeah, about you it. You just had to be conformer, conformist. And I, yes, and that's what people try to do. Look. I'd never achieved anything in my life. You know why? Because I'd be the, the northern lad with the cheap suit and the cheap tie with a matching tie and the matching socks because he's watched The Apprentice, right? Like, like literally, that was what I did. I conformed. So I always became the nearly man because I conformed. At the point when my life turned around was when I said, shove your job up your ass, started my own business. Everything that people said I couldn't do, that director team that said that idea won't work, that idea won't work, are the same ideas that I built all my businesses on. So, you know... What you've got to do is you've got to be happy. Now, the point I'm making is when you're being something you're not, in any area of your life, you're unhappy. That's when you start then buying handbags. That's when you start buying cars because you're deeply unhappy. And what you're trying to do is find validation from these things, these external things, when actually it comes from you. I don't give two fucks if people don't like me for being me. That's okay. You know why? Because I like myself. I like myself for being me. And I'm comfortable in my skin. So when knobheads... Right, and there you are. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll give you a little task. Go on to Amazon, go and find this book, Life Business Just Got Easier. It was produced in, 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 in October, I think, 20, um, October 28th, 2013. Okay, it was published from Wiley Capstone. There are two one star reviews on the 14th of October. Wow, you know the right? You can't, no, it's on there. You go and look, look yeah. you click it. So they, it got put on to say pre order. There was two one star reviews, they're still on there now. And actually, the book didn't get released by Wiley Capstone until 14 days later. So the only way they could have got that is on Kindle 14 days later, at which point they'd had a verified. So people are following me around trying to... Look, you've got to be in a really fucking unhappy place when you as an adult are spending your waking life on the internet trying to ruin, bring my life down. 
listen, let me tell you something. It's great because one of the chapters I wrote in my book is Seven Knobheads. You'll have seven people in your Thank life, you seven knobheads. It doesn't make no difference. You could go and give a million pounds to a children's charity and you still do well. It's all right for him. And I tell you, this is the thing. I recognize something that where you end up in your, your, your career is your ability to soak up blows. A level 20 wizard can soak up one things that fights that were level five, level 10 were, you know, unsurmountable. It's what you're talking about resilience. And, and I'm going to sort of go, go on that because go. part of, you know, I know you're Northern, I know your, your background from working class in, in Salford. I'm not a drug dealer. I know you're not a drug dealer. Not anymore. There you go. <laughs> I was brought up in Newcastle in the 70s, divorced, and um, my mum was from South America, so I was as dark as you got in Newcastle. Mm, and in those days, wow. you know, racism, mm, I've got it mm. all in the schoolyard. Mm. But I'd stand there and I'd punch boys back. I mean, I was only little, I'd be like, come and say that again, poof! And, and I honestly I believe, and this sounds... It's who I am. It's it's made me formative. what I am formative. today. Formative. This is formative, but this is goes back down to what I said, right? Which is that ability to be able to where people go wrong is they they have these battles, but they don't learn from. Them. They don't get strength. They don't embolden themselves, right? You did just that. That confidence, that sass that you've got, has carried you throughout your life, and that would have been uh, uh, my, my life would have been. Remember, I said before, a sentence that changed everything or a situation. I remember back in 2012, um, I got my five-bedroom house, detached, living in Somerset, everything was great, fabulous, apart from the fact that I was having a nervous breakdown, and apart from the fact that I was having legal problems, and apart from the fact that I was having uh, marriage problems. And me and my wife sat down and we had a divorce lawyer booked for the next day. Right. So my wife has been with me 20 years. Well, we've been together 20 years, put it that way. And... Um, and she said to me, we had a divorce lawyer booked, and she said to me, she says, I understand how we got here. I understand how we got here. What she should have said is, there's your bags, fuck off. But she didn't. She said, I understand how we got here. And I would say the same to you in your life, and I'd say the same to your audience. Do you understand how you got to where you are in your life? Because like I say, it'd be all too easy. Oh, my dad, it was just that bullshit. It's down to your decisions. Oh, it's down to... That was the story I used to tell myself. Ah. Uh, from divorce, you know, you could you could swing it the other way. Of course. And it took me a long time to realise actually he did the best thing for me because I've kid. become independent, True strong. Story. Blah, True blah, story. Blah. But at the time, horrible. Oh, yeah. But once again, it's a bit like Brexit. People going, oh, Brexit. You know, in a few years' time, I'll be like, thank Christ, I left that prick. You know, yeah. it's just like it, it happens. Anyway, no, yes. no, but you know what I mean. The reality yeah. is, life goes on. Life always goes on. Life finds a way. Because remember what I said? The really big problem isn't Brexit. The really big problem is we're all going to die. That's the reality of it. So actually, it's so important that you go, with that in mind, why are you worried about shit that doesn't matter? So somebody on the internet doesn't like me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, you know, when the days that those people on the internet that don't like me are paying my mortgage, then maybe I'll sit up. But I will only listen to the opinions of people that I'd go to for advice. I will only listen to the opinions. I only let it sink in to the people that I'll go to with advice. If I wouldn't go to them for advice, I couldn't give two fucks about their opinion. It's irrelevant. When you've written four books, when you've started a business from nothing, when you've been shot at, when you've delivered pizzas, when you've gone through the life that I've gone through, then maybe, just maybe, you'll be entitled to have an opinion about how I do with the resource that I've got. Because, you know, what I go to, when I go to buy a suit, have a roll suit, never. But, you know, imagine me going to buy a Savile Row suit and I go and get a suit on and it's a most amazing suit and it's beautiful fit, 2,000, 5,000, whatever they are, right? If I tried to give you that suit or Ben, the production team, that suit, it would look like shit on him. One size doesn't fit all. And this is where people have been going wrong in the personal development world. Go back round. That somehow you come on this course and it will change your life. I could tell you cellular course. You'll learn the secrets of how I made £75,000 in an email which I did make 75 grand back in 2012 on one email. And people would come to that course how to hear about it. How does he... <clears throat> so I'll tell you, but let me just, let me hype it up first. So you'll learn the secrets of how Brad Burton earned 75,000 pounds and you'll read the email, you'll have a copy of it and I'll sell a course for three grand. People will be falling over themselves to hear about this email. And what I failed to mention is that over the preceding six years, I'd built up a national network where we'd never done it a sale. So for the first time ever, we emailed the database and said, hey, guess what, you'll get 30% more. And we sold 75 grand in one day. So, so but the point is, if I didn't, um, if I omitted that bit, you'd have people coming over because people want to believe there's some sort of fucking quick fix that you can start at the bottom of the stairs and you can somehow jump to the top. 
bullshit. You've got stairs, you've got to get to the top. The only way you can get to the top is step by step. Yeah, you might be able to jump from the bottom to step three or four, you'll have bruised knees. Is that what you wanted? And what we end up doing in life is we have this perfect recipe for life and then we go and fuck it up. Because, you know, if you want to make, um, you want to make uh, scrambled eggs or, or a boiled egg, you want to make a boiled egg, you know, is there a way of speeding it up? Well, yes, yeah, scrambled, is that what you wanted? So we end up rushing the perfect recipe in our lives because we want it all today, tomorrow. What is the rush? I put on weight, my weight was three stone heavier and it took, I don't know, maybe 20 years to get to that point. And then somewhere along the way, I wanna, you know, I wanna get some shakes, some milkshakes or whatever and get down to, come on. And this is the society that we live in. You see some fucking idiot kid, 26 year old, getting out of a Lamborghini that he's hired and then you, you know, you go and sponsor the link, oh, I wanna go and sign up to his course and it's like, stop. The only one that can change your life is you. The only one that truly can change your life is you, but you need to find your level because not everyone can be a level 20 wizard. I found my level. If I say to myself, people say, oh, well, why don't you go and take America over? Why? Whilst there's a single person in Richmond or over in Newcastle that doesn't know about Brad Burton, why am I? Yeah, but you'd be able to fly first class. I've got a perfectly good bed at home. Stop. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Where does it end? And this is the problem is what ends up happening is people go, oh, I want a 40 inch television. My life's going to be good. You get 40 inch, then you want a 60, then you want an 80, 100. Yeah. I went to a friend of mine lives over in Mayfair, around the corner here, right? And he's got an eight million pound property. And when I he's going through a breakup at a moment, and when it goes there, he said, do you want to come downstairs? I want to show you something. Went downstairs, turned on the, 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 the thing here, the lights, it went blink, blink, blink. He has a 40 foot cinema, all red, plush, carpets, 40 seats, fucking ticket machine, popcorn machine. I went, whoa. I said, Steve, is it excavated out? I said, Steve, do you know what you need now? He says, what's that, Brad? I said, 38 fucking friends. <laughs> and a good divorce lawyer. So we end up in life spending this energy and time on shit. On that, materialistic things. But whilst he should have been spending it on his marriage. Yeah. So now he's going through his divorce. So guess what? Four million quid now, his eight million pound property, that's gone if he's lucky. His fucking cinema is never going to use. Somebody else is going to benefit. And we end up doing that. And what I'd say is this whole thing, I had somebody on social media, a hater, saying, oh, you've got self-limiting beliefs. I've got self-limiting beliefs. I am from Salford, Manchester. I've lived on council estates. I've written four books. I run a multi-million pound business. I speak at the highest level, JCB, Costa, Bentley. Da, 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 da. What was he telling you self-limiting beliefs? Because you didn't want to go to the States and because you didn't want to do this? Oh, because I've not got my own private island. We've not got my own this. You know, I got my own private island. Well, I went on a private island. I went on a private island on a, on a, on a, court, on a cruise. And let me tell you, man, private island was only private until 3,000 people got off the fucking cruise, at which point it was like every other beach I'd ever been on, right? <laughs> you know, just stop. Yeah, but what you need to do is get a jet. Stop. When does this end? How much is enough? How much is enough? Enough time, enough energy, enough life, enough love, enough... What is so, enough? So what is the secret to, to happiness? Because that's basically what you're saying. It's yeah. like stop chasing totally. materialism. Just what is the so, so So I wanted to, I, when I was skint, skint, a mate of mine used to come on and we used to go out nightclub and he used to take me out, right? Best friend, Jay. Set me out because he had a big corporate job and he was on loads of money and I was on dole. So he'd come down and it'd be great. We'd go out. And he used to have a Rado watch and 1500 quid. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get one of these when I can afford it. I remember early days, 2009, I had the money in my pocket for a Rado watch, come from nothing. And I goes to the Rado watch shop and there's a black one, there's a black and gold one, a gold one, black one. There's a lady, I said, I'm just going to have a walk around and I'll have a think about it. Did have a think about it. I thought, I don't want a fucking Rado watch. And actually, all those things that you want in your life have no value when you can afford them, right? Or when you've got them. And it's so important that you've got to understand that what we've all got and you've got and we've got is we've all got something that one of the richest men in the world doesn't have, Steve Jobs. How much do you reckon that Steve Jobs, of the $60 billion of Apple Reserves, if I could say, Steve, you can have one day back on this earth, the clock's now, 60 billion, how much would you reckon he'd give? Do you reckon he'd sign it off? Yeah, all of it. Right. <laughs> what does that say? It says that today is as valuable as the last day of our lives, but we take today for granted. We take everything for granted. And that is why you said to me, how do I do it? I do it by realising that someday the really big problem is coming. And this is, you know, anything that I'm not dealing with is toy. Do you think people are more, uh, have realised this because of the COVID situation? I mean, people are in lockdown. <clears throat> the one thing I think it's shown, <clears throat> certainly lockdown one, what it showed me is materialism is nothing. No one Pointless. cares what what you're wearing, Mate, you know, pointless. what your hair's yeah, like, because you can't go to the hairdresser. No, those We're not going out, no, so, you know. So it, I, I think, look, if we get to the end of this, um, this whole lockdown thing, and we haven't learned or changed, you've missed the opportunity of a lifetime, truly. 
because mm -hmm. I've never encountered this. And that is why, you know, I'm going to get to the end of this thing and I'm good. My turnover is down 80%. Like, that's the reality of it. But have I started there? No. Have I lost my house? No. Am I happy? Yes. What's the problem? What's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself? Oh, uh, fucking balls of steel. Nothing faces me. When you've had guns put to your face, dealing with, what, a little bit of lockdown? Ooh, lockdown. I'll tell you the story. A mate of mine's done time, eight years. And when you get out of prison, where prisoners go wrong is they try to catch up on that life that they lost. So you come out and you do eight years of living in months. Whatever you do, you try to catch up that life. I urge every single person to not try to catch up the life that they kind of feel they've lost. You've not lost your life. My mum says to me, you know, oh, we take, we take everything for granted now. You know, I, I never take going to Costa for granted anymore. I said, mum, you're taking the fact that you can FaceTime me right now for granted. And it's just so important that we stop taking anything for granted. And our most important asset that we all have is time. Time, 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 time. And if I was to give you 60 minutes left now of extra time, and I said to you, right, you know, we had a clock on our heads that shows you how much time you've got left mm. in your life. And you had 60 minutes left. Who would you ring? What would you say? Those people, whoever, if you had 60 minutes left now, those people that you'd ring and say what you're going to say. I say to you, as soon as you've got the today, do it. And I say to your audience, if you had 60 minutes left of your life, what would you say into who? Because we don't only often get notification that we've got 60 minutes left. And this is why every single day I say the things that I want to say. Every single day. You know, there's more to life than money. There's more to life than cars, handbags. That's what we've been told success is. That success is this. And what you need to do is get out of a helicopter. You know what success is? Being fucking happy. Genuinely happy. Not pretend social media happy, but proper happy. And that's where I'm at. I do not know anyone in this world who is as consistently happier as, as I am. I'm balanced. I'm so happy and balanced. It's mad. Because I go back down to it. And I, 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 if I go back 12 years, uh, sorry, eight years ago, 2012, when my life was going to shit, I remember walking my dog Tyson. Labradoodle is no longer with us, right? But I remember Aww. walking my dog. Yeah, it's amazing. And I remember crying. Right, so I cried eight years ago walking my dog, and I remember tears. And I was saying out loud, I just want to feel normal, I just want to feel normal, I just want to feel normal, I just want to feel normal. I've got bundles in the bank, but I am broken, I'm broken as a man. I got success, success, I was ill. So at that point, you had everything that you wanted, and it was still, nothing. And you weren't, and you weren't I had everything, but I had nothing, and now I've got everything because I realized that I was chasing the wrong thing that actually that happiness is an internal job, then that's what we all want to do. When you start a business off, you want to do it to make money, to get the house so you can be happy and then you want to get And actually, it's there right now. When you look at what you've actually got, you look about what you actually are, you're enough. And this isn't just some fucking bullshit motivational it truism. Isn't, isn't that part of it? People don't think they're enough. There's a deep rooted thing inside them that they're just trying to all these materialists trying to make themselves feel better. But you're trying, to, you're trying to validate yourself with people that don't give two fucks and actually irrelevant. And this is why you look at my social media feed. Today I just put, I took a picture of a pasty that I've done, you know, influencing. And that's like the thing you think, you know, most people, you've got to be putting Ferraris on there. It's just stop. Stop, 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 stop. My social media that I do is just for me. Just for me. It's for me. And that's what you've got to do. You've got to look out for you. You've got to do things for you and stop doing it for other people. What would you advise anyone out there that is thinking right now about starting their own business and giving up the rat race? Get off your ass, Right, and actually, you know, which is available at all good bookstores, sorry. Right, <laughs> the point I'm making is this, that actually, no qualifications, 25 grand in debt, whinging wife, newborn boy, baby, baby boy, um, four years on benefits, CV that might as well have a forward by J.K. Rowling. Are you in a worse position than me? If the answer is no, what's your excuse? Because the excuse, that thing that you tell yourself, actually not that thing, the thing behind the thing, yeah. right? That's always the thing behind the thing. We always yeah. tell a version, oh, what's going on here, COVID? But actually what you're turning around and saying is that, you know, something else, yeah, two yeah, things yeah. down, always. Yeah. Um, go for it. You've got nothing to lose. Because if it doesn't work out, you go and get a job. Look, you're not going to start to death. You're not going to start today. So what's the risk? The risk is it doesn't work out. Well, let me tell you something. It's going to take you four times longer than what your spreadsheet for the bank says. Because I've seen so many people, spreadsheet millionaires, the reality, like genuinely, four times longer. I didn't make proper money for about eight years. 
I think that's what people forget as well, because there is there is a reality check that it is hard work. Well, either you or your business gets fed in those first few years, and people want to still live their lives and go to the olive groves of Valence, whatever that is, I just made it up, yeah. right? You know, and actually, they want to have a Chinese and a takeaway and a Nando's, and they don't want to change everything. I lived on Tesco's Beans and Waffles, like genuinely, yeah. but bear in mind, right? No, I think you'd have probably done the same. Actually, I don't think you would have, but differently. But the point I'm making is that actually, all I had to do was go back to council estate, Brad, to live. I didn't have lavish budgets to think. So I'll say the same to you. And also, ask yourself a question. How much do you need to live on uh, a month to live on Tesco's Beans and Waffles? And what I mean by that is, you know, not, oh, yeah, we'll go to takeaway now again. So bare bones. So yeah, let's say for the yeah, sake of this, no, 1,500 quid or two grand. Okay, so now you've got to make 500 pound a week in order to, um, to, to be able to live 500 quid a week. Okay, uh, how much is that a day? And you do the math on it, 100 pound a day or over 70 quid or whatever it is. And then you say to yourself, how do I earn 70 quid a day? Once you know that answer, you know exactly where you stand. But I tell you, you know, best thing I ever did, but if I'd listened to every single person, even the bank manager laughed in my face, fucking laughed in my face, different bank now. But the point I'm making is that, you know, everyone told me I got it wrong, and I'm telling you, you got it right. Go is it the hustle? Is it all about the no, hustle? We all no, talk no, about no, you've no, got I, to I grind and grind. I, I don't talk about the grind, no hustle, no authenticity, no the other word that I can't remember. That I don't abundance. Use. Abundance. I don't use any of those words. Because no, it's not. Because one of the things that we kind of get it all twisted is about doing 16-hour days. Now, the great thing about being self-employed is you get to choose which 16-hour days you work. But the reality is, is that it's not about hustle. It's not about grind. What you've got to accept is it's going to be hard for about four or five years. So you might make any money. You might just be on that bread line. But every single time you're leveling up, level one wizard. So actually, by the time you get to level five years in, you're now better prepared to deal with fights, to deal with all these things. And also deal with fear because you're going to get that. You're going to get fear. And let me be quite clear. I've been in business now for 16 years. Right? Why did you set up, just quickly, I know we're, we're off on no. a tangent. Um, Why for networking? What was it about networking? Uh, that... Because I'd gone to these networks and like in, in political terms, you've got loony left where nothing quite happens. It's all shabbly and volivants and the mayor talking about parking provision. No one gives a fuck about. Then you've got the hardcore right. Where's your leads? Where's your referrals? Yeah. You've got to attend. And I'm thinking, where was the mainstream of networking? They're all at their own ass, all I this. I used to hate networking. Oh, you love for networking. Oh, I used to hate Right, right. So what I've done is I've, I've, I've based for networking my network, for networking online. Um, I based it on New Labour 1997. What I did, I came into the space and actually I made the establishment look old fashioned and footy today. And I did, that, I did that and I've done it again and again and again. And that's what I do shake them up. What's next? Now what? Uh, book five, as you know. So you've book had the, five. Yeah, yeah, book five's next. I've just started off um, one networking, which is uh, next generation referral networking. So effectively, probably the best way to describe it is uh, if you think about a Lamborghini, 1980s Lamborghini, and you have a 2020 Lamborghini, um, which one's going to win that race? Which one was the Diablo? Oh, no. I know, kiddo, I'm the same. Um, listen, I'm, I'm quite willing to. That's one of the few things that I've bought. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, so effectively, the, the new modern Lamborghini will outpace it. That's what I've done. I've changed networking. I've looked at how wrong it's been doing all the kind of hardcore right of networking, and I've came in with one networking. I've also got something happening next year. But look, the reality is I'm quite happy just maintaining you know, when we play poker or we play blackjack, and the idea is you get 21, I'm quite happy sticking on 18. Right? I'm quite happy sticking on 18. For a lad from Salford, Manchester, who should have been a bank robber, right? that's the reality of it. I, I was kind of being groomed to be a bank robber. And actually, I think to myself, I think, you know, I've done okay. And if all I ever achieved for a lad from Salford was four books, uh, multi-million pound businesses that I've created, um, motivational speaker at the highest level, that's okay. I'm happy with that. Brad, we've come to my final question. I'm gutted. I'm just going to have to have you back on the show. Oh, love to. Plus, I'm going to make more money. Yeah, I don't know. I'm about to six quid, I think. It's all right, yeah. If you were to write a message in a bottle mm. for future generations to find, what would that message be? Wear a condom. <laughs> like, I'm serious. It's one of those things. I actually love that. I think we should cut it right yeah, there. Yeah, but it's true because it's one of those, those, one okay, of those bits well, of advice that everyone disregards. And okay, actually, for a woman? Wear a condom. Close your legs. No, oh, no, okay. no, wear a condom. But, you know, the, the reality is, is that you're good enough. That there's a better version of you out there. There is a better version of you out there. There is a better version of us all. And what you've got to do is you've got to unlock it. And let me tell you something. When you're using a, 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 a thing full of keys, ring full of keys. Key ring. Your key ring, right? <laughs> it's always the last key that you do that opens a lock. Yeah, why is that? Because 
that's what life's about. So you've got to keep trying keys and eventually you'll unlock yours. It took me, I was 31 before I started this new Brad, I'm now 47. You know, why wait? Whatever you want to do with your life, whatever you want to do with your life, your business, your career, your relationships, why wait? What are you waiting for? Remember what we talked about? 24 seconds, 24 minutes, 24 hours. You have a decision to make. I have no idea what that question is, but whatever that decision is, make it in 24 seconds, 24 minutes or 24 hours. Brad Byrne, I've loved having you on my amazing. show. Thank Seriously, you so yeah, amazing. Seriously, you're amazing. Fist bump. Bomb. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, there's a new interview out every Monday. So hit subscribe and like and you'll get it straight into your inbox.